Welcome to the Astrology Rocks podcast for the week of October 22nd, 2012, brought to you by Sastrology. I'm Michelle Suzanne, author of your weekly forecast at Sastrology. You'll also find me at starstruckastrology.org. If you're a newcomer to astrology, jump right in. I will explain and hopefully educate as we go along. So let's dive in and talk about what's up in the skies this week. Uh, on Monday, the sun moves into Scorpio, and this officially launches Scorpio season. Now, as we've discussed in a couple of previous podcasts, Scorpio energy is deep, intense, emotionally guarded, private, strongly drawn to sex, and highly intuitive. Although many Scorpios won't necessarily trust their own intuition, but perhaps that will change this year. I say that because no sooner does the sun light up Scorpio than it connects with intuitive and inspirational Neptune through a flowing trine. And that's a planetary alignment of 120 degrees. So this really attunes all of us, Scorpio or not, to our so-called extrasensory perceptions. Now, Neptune is also associated with the dreamscape. You know, that, that place you go when you're dreaming through your sleep. And actually, as we have been sharing some appropriate Saturn and Scorpio pop culture faves, here's a recommendation I would give you. It's a series of graphic art novels for adults called The Sandman, written by Neil Gaiman. It's very Neptunian, yet there's... Saturn energy here as well, because it takes Neil Gaiman's dream world and shapes it into this really concrete reality that we can see. It's also very Scorpio, because it's quite moody. Anyway, Sandman series, folks, it's a literary and visual feast, and it is comprised of several books that have been compiled from the original comic book series. Luscious. So I guess I was thinking of the Sandman series because to me it seems that we're all in a dream state now. You know, fantasies and dreams, they're likely to be more dark than whimsical. And creativity and soulful expression are also in abundance. And so is escapism. Scorpio likes to shroud itself in mystery. And this could get pushed into a type of disappearing act. You know, the sun in Scorpio trines from now. What? <laughs> but I do feel temporarily freed from the clock and more creative and productive when I let music be my so-called timekeeper. You know, I think in a truer sense, I experience a greater sense of timelessness this way through music. Do you have any similar or different ways of measuring time, dear listener? And do you think that it has shifted with Saturn's move into Scorpio? Well, in the meantime, we are bound by the ticky-talky to a great extent, and that is Saturn's domain. He does often delay results, but there's no need to be peeved with Saturn, because if it weren't for Saturn's steady influence, we'd probably fritter our energy away under Neptune's dreamy, dreamy influence right now. Another thing to appreciate about the Sun and Saturn together 
is a strong sense of groundedness. You know, Saturn's energy is like granite rock. And that's going to be so essential with this strong Neptunian energy carrying us away on a cloud. Now, it's technically the Earth element that keeps us all grounded. And those signs that belong to the Earth element are Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. And for the next little while left, Venus and Virgo will keep our feet on the ground. And then when she moves into Libra on Sunday, it'll be Pluto and Capricorn holding down the fort for the Earth element. And that is pretty intense energy, but not necessarily enough to keep you planted on terra firma. So do be mindful of what you're doing. There's not a heck of a lot of earth energy to keep you really grounded. Okay, last week we were treated to a Venus-Mercury sextile, and this week we get another one. And that's possible because both planets are really keeping pace with each other right now. So much like last week, this is a really excellent time for you to integrate Scorpio's intuitive ability with Virgo's logic. Because information comes to us all the time in many different forms, and you've got loads of data with over a few centuries, and which has replaced the notion of keeping time with the phases of the moon. I, I find it really incongruous, actually, that we have 12 months of the year, but 13 moons. Anyway, I am wondering if our understanding of time will shift from chronological, linear, to omnidirectional. Will we finally experience what it truly means to be in the flow, since Scorpio is part of that water element? Will we measure time differently? Let me give you an example. Lately, I have been measuring time by noticing how many iTunes it takes me to get somewhere. So three tunes gets me to my local shops, five tunes keeps me swinging in the kitchen if I've got meal preparations going on. Now I'm aware that it's not practical. I mean, I can't say to someone, I'll meet you at Starbucks in seven tunes, or I'll book a session with you 15 tunes from now. What? <laughs> but I do feel temporarily freed from the clock and more creative and productive when I let music be my so-called timekeeper. You know, I think in a truer sense, I experience a greater sense of timelessness this way, through music. Do you have any similar or different ways of measuring time, dear listener? And do you think that it has shifted with Saturn's move into Scorpio? Well, in the meantime, we are bound by the ticky-tocky to a great extent, and that is Saturn's domain. He does often delay results, but there's no need to be peeved with Saturn, because if it weren't for Saturn's steady influence, we'd probably fritter our energy away under Neptune's dreamy, dreamy influence right now. Another thing to appreciate about the Sun and Saturn together is a strong sense of groundedness. You know, Saturn's energy is like granite rock. And that's going to be so essential with this strong Neptunian energy carrying us away on a cloud. Now, it's technically the Earth element that keeps us all grounded. And those signs that belong to the Earth element are Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. 
And for the next little while left, Venus in Virgo will keep our feet on the ground. And then when she moves into Libra on Sunday, it'll be Pluto in Capricorn holding down the fort for the Earth element. And that is pretty intense energy, but not necessarily enough to keep you planted on terra firma. So do be mindful of what you're doing. There's not a heck of a lot of Earth energy to keep you really grounded. Okay, last week we were treated to a Venus-Mercury sextile, and this week we get another one. And that's possible because both planets are really keeping pace with each other right now. So much like last week, this is a really excellent time for you to integrate Scorpio's intuitive ability with Virgo's logic. Because information comes to us all the time in many different forms, and you've got loads of data stored in your own body, mind, and soul. And it's easier than usual to access that now. And this lovely, harmonious link between Mercury and Venus also fosters honest communication between friends, lovers, colleagues, and business partners. So that will be Venus's kiss to Mercury before she slips into something a little more comfortable. Because as I mentioned, on Sunday, Venus leaves Virgo and takes up residence in her Libra home. And Venus is much more comfortable here in Libra, so you will likely notice a shift in mood yourself. And Venus will be in Libra from Sunday, October the 28th through November 22nd. So, against this backdrop of Sun and Saturn and heavy Scorpio, we get a lovely accent of, of romance coming uh, courtesy of the trine with Dreamy Neptune and Pisces, plus this addition of Venus moving into Libra. And just a reminder, folks, romance isn't just for those who are attached at the hip. Romance is a state of being that everyone can access. I mean, I think of Paris as a place where Oh, maybe it's just my idyllic imagination, but surely romance is everywhere, all over Paris, whether people are getting it on or not, you know? So romance is something that can be evoked, whether you're involved or not. All of life is romance. Have you ever felt saucy and sexy and flirty and you didn't have a date? You just felt fantastic? It's such a delicious feeling. And I imagine it's how Venus must feel when she puts on her satin robe and chills on her chaise longue in Libra. She feels great, whether she's got a suitor on her doorstep or not. Now, mind you, in Libra, that is the uber sign of pairing up, Venus is probably more inclined to seek a lover than seek solitude. But the point is, she knows she's hot regardless. So I would encourage you to see if you can bring her sense of self-worth into your world now, if you haven't already. And some ways to invoke Venus energy are bringing fresh flowers into your home, window shopping, admiring textures and fabrics, reading sonnets by Shakespeare, or writing your own. Because romance takes on an almost mythic sense of possibility now. And so does creative outpouring, and so does soul-searching. 
All right, since I've mentioned Venus, it's only fair to bring her lover Mars into the discussion. And Mars is doing some interesting stuff this week. He's still in Sagittarius, okay? And if you think back to June the 4th, we had a full moon solar eclipse in Sagittarius. So try and recollect the days around that time and recall if anything out of the ordinary occurred for you because Mars is going to arrive at the same degree of that eclipse last June. That's actually at 14 degrees Sagittarius, and that happens on Saturday. And Mars is going to re-stimulate that eclipse energy, which can manifest as a new development to whatever eclipse event you might have had back in June. Or, you know, perhaps it brings part two, um, or Mars could potentially inflame a situation that was in development back then, or something may get heated up. So eyes peeled this weekend, and do take note if history repeats itself in some way. Then on Sunday, Mars will reach an opposition to Jupiter. In other words, these two planets will be 180 degrees apart. And what to say about this energy? Think bromance, road trip flick with all of the usual guy shenanigans. <laughs> this energy is rash. It's outspoken. Um, there's a lot of one-upmanship happening. And quite frankly, people are basically talking out of the butts, if you know what I mean, right? You're going to hear a lot of big talk this weekend, probably. Um, I wouldn't place too much stock in it. Braggarts and bravados. They will come out of the woodworks this weekend, lovelies. And you might as well have a laugh. Because you know what? After all, the bright side of Mars and Jupiter, even when they're in an opposition, is a big sense of adventure. And the more extreme, the better. So stay calm and party on. And be safe. As always, please do drop me a line or post on the Sastrology site if you have a favorite book, song, film, or anything that evokes Saturn and Scorpio for you. This week, one of our listeners suggested a tune that's quite new to my ears. It's a Melody Gardon song entitled, Our Love is Easy. Mm. I adore her lush voice, and the instrument the instrumentation is so seductive, very Scorpio. The lyrics are deceptively Scorpionic for all the romance that this song may conjure up. But there's a here's a quote in quotation marks I give you: "Like water rushing over stone, our love is easy, like no love I've ever known." Mm. Can't you hear it? Scorpio's water rushing over Saturn's stone. Very apropos, I think. And, uh, you know, a love like no love I've ever known sounds like she's possessed, right? That's a very Scorpio type of experience. We become really possessed when we're in Scorpio season. Possessed by whatever it is that inflames us and impassions us. I think it's quite delicious. As I wrap up, let, re let me remind you that if you would benefit from some astrological guidance, I am happy to be at service. 
please contact me at starstruckastrology.org for more information. And if you'd like to offer any feedback on this Astrology Rocks podcast, I encourage you to do so on iTunes. I am Michelle Suzanne, and I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Bye-bye. Deep within your heart, you know it's plain to see. Like Adam was to me, if you were made for me, you say the poison vine breeds a fine wine. Our love is easy.